This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. It's our goal to challenge, encourage, and inspire you to follow Jesus and become more like him. And so we love doing this podcast, and we thank you for listening. Today on the show, we have got an awesome, awesome guest. His name is Joshua Kelly. He's a running back with the L.A. Chargers. He's heading into his third season. He's from UCLA, actually grew up in the L.A. area. And this guy is so likable. His smile is captivating. He's just a very, very enjoyable person to uh, to interview. I think you will find that as you listen to him. And I think we will all be fans now uh, moving forward. So I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm pulling hard for the Chargers. If you listen to the uh, last Friday's podcast, I, told, I, I announced I am on the Chargers bandwagon. So did I say they're going to win the Super Bowl? That's fine. We'll go there. We'll go there after this. I'm riding high after this interview with Joshua Kelly. But as of today, I love what they're doing, the moves they're making, the core pieces that they have. Uh, it's awesome. So Joshua Kelly, young running back uh, in, in the league, trying to you know, find his role and, and figure out where, you know, where he fits in. Uh, but but uh, either way, off the field, man, this guy's got it. So we have some great topics to discuss with him today. Stick around at the end of the interview. I'll share kind of my one big takeaway to unpack for all of us. But before we jump in with Josh, let me thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. It's been great for me and my family for over five years. And so I recommend you at least giving it a, a try, explore if it's the right fit for you and your family. Um, can't guarantee that it is, but I can guarantee it's worth looking into. And, and it's, it's, again, it's been a great fit for us. And so you can find out more information, metashare.com slash unpacking it, metashare.com slash unpacking it. And you can get a quote and get some more information, uh, right on that website. Well, let's get to it. Here's Josh Kelly on unpacking it. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Hey 
And joining us on the MetaShare guest line is Los Angeles Chargers running back Joshua Kelly. He plays college football at UC Davis and UCLA and was selected by the Chargers in the fourth round of the 2020 NFL Draft. He's getting ready to head into his third season. Josh, thanks so much for joining us on the Unpacking It podcast. How are you? Thank you, man. That was quite the intro. Man, I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Man, God's been good. It's been a blessing. I'm I'm just just happy to be alive, man. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well, your your smile is infectious, and so uh, so appreciate that. But, all right, it's the offseason right now. It's it's March and we're getting ready for for March Madness. Free agency's been crazy in the NFL, which has been fun too for for fans. Um, but for you, what is the off season? What has it already looked like? What does it kind of look like moving forward over the next couple of months? Right. No, for me, the off season has always been divided into phases. For me, like the first initial phase, like literally right after the season, is kind of like the more recovery phase and more just like mental, physical type of break. And then, like, usually going into February, it starts, like, phase two for me, which is actual, like, I'm back to work, man. I'm back locked in. I'm engaged. And now it's sort of getting to March, man. I'm starting to amp it up a notch. So, you know, I've always liked that. I've always been more disciplined when it comes to the offseason for me. Like, it's never, like, really just more improvising. Like, some dudes just improvise things. But for me, I'm kind of, like, more detailed and more rigorous with it. That's cool. So I'm I'm most fascinated by the recovery standpoint. And we, we kind of hear that and go, well, yeah, of course, tough season, you get beat up. But some guys don't necessarily allow themselves to recuperate because they just want to get right back out there. But right. I was actually talking to a, to a former running back this weekend. He wishes that he would have recovered more in the offseason. He felt like <laughs> his career was cut short because he didn't recover enough. So that's why that jumped out to me as, as you implementing that. What, what, what do you do and how does that play out? Yeah. So you know what's funny about that? Is that um my first off season, right? So I ended up making that same mistake. I was like, as soon as season was over, I was like, it's time for me to go hard. Like I gotta go to it, you know, I gotta get better, I gotta start immediately. And like going into year two, I felt the difference. By the time it was camp, I was like, I am burnt out, man. Wow. And like it's crazy, it's a crazy process because you know, for me, I'm a workaholic and a lot of guys are too. So it's like we have this feeling like we have to keep on the grind, you know. 24 7 even in off season but i've learned man just watching lots of guys like slow and steady you know you gotta peak when it's the right time to peak so yeah man it's 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 definitely like it's it's awesome because i've learned that this past off season just now like you gotta pace yourself man you gotta really like i said you gotta peak when the time is right so so what kind of stuff did you do to recover or to relax what was what was that like for you oh yeah man so for me especially after the season ended, you know, I went straight to God, you know, I was very prevalent in my faith during the season, going to chapel. Obviously we play on Sundays, so we can't just go to church here and there, but I had to make sure that was number one for me, you know, definitely because mentally, you know, football can take a toll on you studying opponents, studying yourself, locking in the playbook, but you know, the Bible is the playbook. That's the ultimate playbook. So yeah, man, like just for me, I just really wanted to rededicate myself always to that and also just for me man to enjoy some time with my family like some people I didn't get a chance to see you know during even home games you see your family but maybe for like 10-15 minutes yeah and then you gotta go so then it's like you kind of want to just you know reset yourself surround yourself with the people that inspired you that loved you and then 
it's just, man, it's always been God for me. That's always been the source. <laughs> Start there. Start there. Absolutely. We'll, we'll get into uh, tomorrow your, your faith journey in, in a little bit. The other thing uh, about the offseason, I imagine you get a little more time to, uh, to maybe watch the NBA. And mm-hmm. I'm a Lakers fan. You grew up <laughs> in the L.A. area, so you're a Lakers fan. Tell me how you're feeling. What, what about this season? It's been rough. Yeah, man. No, it, it, it's, it's tough. It's been a tough season for us. I've been to a few games this year, man. And um, oh, nice. Yeah, no, it's been it's been it's been a tough one. I think just the biggest thing is that I just hope these boys just don't give up, man. I just know that there's just a lot of noise, a lot of things that's going into their heads, and it. it there's some games I'm watching. I'm just like, man, like we just didn't try hard, but at the same time, you know, we've been spoiled for so many years watching us win and win and win. We had those down years about four or five years ago, and then LeBron came and everything kind of like went back to what it was. But I'm telling you, man, I honestly think if they get past the play-in, mm. I think they have a shot. I'm not saying they can make a deep playoff run, but <laughs> there's a, there's still some hope. There's a little bit of hope. I, I'm just so concerned that Westbrook just is such a roadblock, that he just doesn't fit, and it's just so hard to work around that. He demands the ball. He has the ball. <laughs> yeah, It doesn't always end as well as you'd, you'd like it to. No, it's tough, man. You know, you you already know how I feel about Russ, man. He's a UCLA guy. That's right. So, so you can't. I know that you got to defend him. Hey, man, Russ. Russ is like <laughs> everybody always want to get on Russ, but Russ, bro, like you got to think about this guy, man. This was a former MVP, and I know what you mean about the fit and everything. The fit. But, More about the fit. Yeah, absolutely. But I just think, other than that, there's also been other holes like our defense, our shooting. It's just been. It's been crazy, dog. Like it's been it's, it's been a wild year for us. It is, and it's hard to see LeBron playing as well as he is, and then the team not necessarily on that same level with him, yeah. uh, or the results aren't there as as well as he's playing. So, yeah, isn't it um, crazy? This dude is dropping like fifty points, and like his three point shot is like, I'm like I'm impressed, man, because we've been watching this guy. So LeBron's actually like the first player in my generation that I grew up with, and like sure. seeing him have a game where it was mostly about driving in and being athletic to now, like this dude's playing in the post, shooting jump shots. I'm like, wow, he really transformed his game to fit his age. <laughs> That's right. And, and yeah, a lot of guys will come into the league, regardless of the sport and like, all right, I'm just going to be really good at this one thing. Yeah. Well, he masters one thing. And then the following off season, he's done that for a number of years. And now yeah. 17 years later or whatever it is, He's got a whole repertoire of of skills. Exactly. So. That's exactly. You nailed it. <laughs> it's, no, it's impressive. No, no question about it. Um, all right. Well, let, let's talk about we'll, – we'll get to your story in just a moment, but just as far as football goes, last season, some some great moments for the Chargers, but maybe not as – it didn't end as well as the team had hoped and, and even for you personally, I imagine. But what was the big takeaway? What were some of the lessons learned from your second year in the league? Yeah, man, there there was a lot of lessons. I think I shared one of them earlier about me just saying I gotta be on attack mode twenty four seven, and like that that takes a lot of toll on you mentally and physically. Like I remember just that off season, I was like, I'm gonna just go in and go hard. And about time camp, you know, for me, I had a really good camp and I really loved it. But about time it was regular season, I was like, dang, man, like. I was really burnt out. I wasn't really as healthy as I would like to have started the season off. And I was like, dang, like, this stuff is crazy. But one thing it did taught me definitely was, for sure, you have to control what you can. Mm. Like, some days you just you won't have control over 
sometimes like, all right, am I going to be up or am I going to be not going to be up this game? It's you have to just control what you can. And that's just your attitude, your effort and your preparation, you know, and that's just been the biggest thing for me in my whole journey, too, is just always controlling how my attitude is, what's my effort like and how am I preparing. And at the end of the day, if I'm doing those three, those three things right, I can live with the results, you know. Mm. And for me, man, I, it's just been a lot of learning curves. It's been a learning process for me, watching vets, just learning more and more about the game. So it's been really awesome for me, man. That's great. Well, no, that's a that's a positive uh, approach, and 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 I think for me as a as a fan watching, I, I love what the Chargers, you know, just yeah. kind of the path that that you guys are on, and and where the team is heading, and and I like. Brandon Staley. And so I'm curious your, your thoughts as, as just kind of a head coach and he got a little criticism toward the end, some of the fourth down calls and all that kind of thing. But, but as a player and just kind of, you know, with your teammates, what, what has been the response and, and thinking, all right, Hey, we, we made a step this past year, but now we got some excitement heading into this season. Yeah, no, no, for facts, man. There's a lot of belief on this team. Like, man, like top to bottom, there's a lot of dudes who believe in like, that's how I am. I play aggressive. There's a lot of dudes who play aggressive and play the same way, man. So it's like, I feel like that's that just gives you the best chance to win. Like, and that's just how I've always been. You know, I think for us, we know exactly what we're capable of. Like, we start off the season red hot. We know we play some really good teams and we've beaten them. So it's like, we know exactly what we're capable of doing. It's just now it's like, it, it's time to take the next step, man. Like, I feel like, I know we've been saying this for years, but it really is, man, because I think on paper we know exactly what we have. It it'll be great to see that next up getting taken to place. Absolutely. I'm I'm buying in. So I'm I'm right there with you. But uh all right, let, that was even before I had John. So I I'm I'm already in. Now you can on. <laughs> I like you, so so I'm I'm in on, on the Chargers bandwagon. That's what we but, like to hear. But let's uh let, let's hear about your your story and 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 just fascinating to 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 read. All right, you were a two-star recruit coming out of college. You end up going to, to UC Davis, but you had this dream of, of playing at, at a bigger school, mm-hmm. and ultimately you, you end up in some of your, your backyard at, at UCLA. So, so take us in, you know, what was that, that season of your life like? In, in what ways did you, you know, grow and develop, and, and how did God kind of lead you through those different decisions uh, along the way, and specifically your college years? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Yeah, like you said, after high school, I was a two-star recruit, you know. I had a really good year my senior year, and I really felt like, honestly, I deserved, based off of what I did that year production-wise, that I could have played in a big Power 5 school. You know, I felt like I was like, man, like, you know, I did really well. and But, you know, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So I took UC Davis. They scholar, they offered me a scholarship late, like two weeks before signing day. And I was like, yeah, man, I got I to gotta take this full ride. So I was there, man. And, um, one thing I want to say about my time being there is that I met so many incredible people that God put before me in my life, whether it was coaches, on campus, outreach programs, ministry. Man, like these people really helped me, especially in my faith. But, you know, it, w- it was a good two years I had there. But like you said, I've always had that conviction and belief that I could have played at a Pac-12 school, a Big 12, an SEC, or any of those type of schools. And I really prayed about God, you know, going into my final year there. I was like, Lord, like, I'm just going to put my best foot forward. And then at the end of this season, I was just going to leave it into your hands. And um, it's crazy. My coaching staff got fired at the end of the second year. And I felt like that was the opening. 
that was the opening I needed. And then new staff came in and I, I remember I told them exactly what I was telling you. I was just like, I was just like, you know, I believe in myself and I think I'm worth and able to play at a big 12 school or a Pac-12 school and all that. You know, it was a leap of faith because at the time they're just like, well, you're not really known like that. Like, why are you putting yourself into the unknown? Like, who knows if anyone's going to pick you up? You know, you have a great situation here. You're on a full ride. Like, why would you give that up? You know, for me, man, I'll just, I'm so faith driven. I believe in our God is greater. You know, I believe that, you know, faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And like, how you can say, you can say those type of things, but are you going to actually live by it? Are you going to put yourself out there? And um, for me, man, I was like, you know what? I believe in what my God says. He's not a liar. And I believe in myself. So I put myself out there. And man, it, it wasn't smooth though. <laughs> uh, what was hard? What was, how that practically live out is hard. Yeah, it was hard because I think once I finally, I took that step of faith, but once you really take that step, it's like, you don't, you, you can't see it. It's like, I don't see the attention. I don't see the coaches calling me and I have to go out here and do it myself. And I was like, man, like, there's days where I was like, dang, maybe I should not did that. Yeah. But then you just keep, you just keep, you keep holding that faith alive. And like, I was just like, man, I've come this far. And I really, I honestly believe, you know, I prayed about it. And I was like, God led me towards this. And sooner or later, man, Deshaun Foster from UCLA came, answered my call. And I was like, oh. wow. <laughs> and once he answered it, it was, it was no going back. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm, I'm here in Charlotte, so I'm a Panthers fan. So that name, Deshaun Foster, means means a lot around here. So that, that's yeah. cool. No okay, doubt. so he's, he was the one that kind of recruited you then. And, and ultimately, when you went to UCLA, you transferred there as a walk-on. Yes. So, that was, so that was a big, big leap of faith. No, for sure. Imagine, like, it kinda, you kind of look at people a little bit sideways when you're like, you leave a full scholarship to become a walk-on. It's like, what? Like, <laughs> school ain't getting paid for. You're at the bottom of the barrel. There's a bunch of yeah. four stars, five stars ahead of you. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Is that what your family was telling you? Yeah, no, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So at yeah. the same time, it's like you get those questions. And um, my mom supported me. My brother supported me. But at the same time, you, you can tell like, oh, man, this, this better work out for you, you know. <laughs> but, you know, God, like you said, man, like God is really he's powerful. He's able like. Look at Job, you look at David, Noah. You know, a lot of people thought they were crazy for what they That's believed right. in. So honestly believed in myself. And man, like there was there was no way that would happen though without my faith and belief in God for sure. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's that's awesome. I say that's encouraging to hear. And uh, my, my story involves a lot of steps of faith and going out into the wait. What are you doing, Bryce? What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> it got has been faithful, and and yeah. it doesn't. Those have been hard. It's hard to take the step of faith, and then once you get out, you're like, oh wow, this is this is even harder than I thought. Yeah. Um, but but that's when he shows up, and that's when he gives us the strength and the power to keep going. Um, and he reveals himself in amazing ways. So um, right. so that's. That's cool to hear. So there you are. You're, you're at UCLA. So uh, you play there for two years, but you redshirted one year. I guess yes. were you there for three years then? Is that right? Yes. So I got there in 2017. And this was before the transfer portal rules. That's right. That's yeah. Right. So you had to sit out. And I was like, oh, man, I just missed it. If, I, if it was today, man, we could have just immediately been up. <laughs> okay. So so then to, to go from the kind of the bottom of the barrel, hey, you're, you're new to the team and got to earn your, earn your stripes, so to speak. How did you end up becoming, you know, 
the MVP of the of the team and 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 having a, a great couple year run there that, that sets you up to ultimately get drafted. Yeah, no, I think it was a combination of a lot of things. I think for me, I, I stayed true to who I was. Like I didn't come down to Westwood and you know trying to change up. I didn't come down there and like, oh well, like I'm at UCLA now. Like ah, I did it. My focus was like, oh, I'm here now. But now it's time for me to, you know, kind of validate myself. Like I wanted to be at a big time program and excel. So that's the goal. And I've always kept that the day one mission ever since I've stepped foot on campus. You know, there were NFL players there, NFL coaches there. So I knew I was like, man, like it's it's go time. So I kept myself focused, man. I I went to class and and going to class helps. It helps a lot, man. Yeah, so I think for me, though, it was the biggest thing was, like, keeping the main thing the main thing. And also, man, like, once Chip got there, definitely opened up some doors because Chip Kelly. Came, yeah, Chip Kelly came there, and he was just, like, he was with the – just giving everybody a shot, you know? You know, he was just with it. He came into it. He came in real and was like, you know, everyone's going to get a chance here. And I love to hear those words. I like it when he's – everyone's going to get a shot, you know, no matter if you're a walk-on or a scholarship because – that's what it's about to me. So when you went there initially, Coach Mora was the head coach, right? Yeah. So and so you had no idea that he would end up leaving. Chip Kelly would come in. He ends up, I guess, you know, liking you enough to to give you a shot and give you a, a scholarship. Yeah. And so so again, you step out in faith. You don't know how it's all going to work out. Yeah. And then so that, that that happens. That's that's cool. That was crazy, man. Because I, when I Mora got there. I was like, oh, man, this is Coach Moore. Like, he's going to be here for years, man, because this dude was – he's an incredible coach and an incredible guy. So once he got fired, it was a little more so just like – I was like, wow, like, here we are again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was yeah. just like, now I got to prove myself to a new, entirely new coach, entirely new staff. And, you know, when you're a walk-on, it's like, oh, man, you don't know what your stats is going to be like. But, uh, like, but Chip, you know, he came in there and was just like, this is going to be more so – you know, everyone's going to give a chance, and uh, I'm grateful for that. That's neat. So, all right, so you end up playing playing well, and and then you, you know, head into the, the NFL draft 2020. So that was during the Rona, so that was a crazy time. So what was, what was your uh, draft experience like, and what kind of indications did you have that, that the Chargers were interested in you, and, and how did all that turn out for you? Yeah, no, it was crazy because I remember the draft started in, January training, senior bowl, come back, train some more. Then you got at the combine. Then pro day got canceled because of the coronavirus. The scheduled workouts with teams got canceled. So then it was more so just about like, all right, like interviews, virtual interviews with coaches. So that was the first time I tapped in with the virtual. <laughs> yeah. So then it was it was interesting, you know. I didn't have much contact with the Chargers during the virtual phase. I spoke to them quite a bit, a little bit at a combine. But more so, like, it was, it was just a shock just how draft day unfolds. It's like you're sitting there looking at your phone, looking at the board, seeing who's next, who's best available. It's just – it's really nerve-wracking. Like, I don't think I've been that nervous in my entire life. Just, like, just seeing, like, all right, like, <laughs> you don't know. This is totally out of your hands. <laughs> so were you locked in for – because the fourth – so the fourth round, I forgot, I can't remember that year how they set it up from a TV standpoint, but were you watching every pick or how how did you handle all that? Yeah, yeah. So day one, I I, I was chilling. I was like, all right, this is day one. You know, it was the first round pick. So I was like, all right. Day two, I was still kind of like, yeah, 
I was chilling until, you know, I saw a lot of bashers get taken off the board like crazy. And by the time it was like round three, like mid round three, I saw that I was up next in the board. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Here we go. Every, so, yeah, so every vibration of your phone, every single little tick, you're like thinking, is this going to be me? And they start getting nervous. And family starts looking around like, oh, is this it? So then, yeah, by the time it was day three, bright early in the morning, I was just like, wow, like super nervous. I'm just like, no, man, <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, so you, so you had no idea at that point where you were, where you were going. Oh no, none idea, okay. bro. Like wow. honestly, yeah, man. It, if it was a lottery pick, I would, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know, man. <laughs> well, I'm sure you get asked all the time. So you, you end up in your hometown. So you get to play at UCLA close to, I guess, close to where you grew up and then, yeah. and then being able to play now with the chargers in LA what are the advantages of that and the challenges with that? Yeah, no, there's definitely pros and cons. I think the pros is definitely that I'm familiar with the area and that for sure. It's like, all right, you have family, you have people around you that, you know, it's just familiar faces and like more so the like kind of the relief that's like, all right, I know kind of what to expect in this area, like rent prices, the market, like all sorts of type of things, things like that. I think the cons are definitely like, since people know you're local, they just kind of want your attention more. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're around. We, could you do this? Like, oh, you're around. Like, come say hi to me. I'm just like, man, it's during season. Like, like you got to, like, you know, it's just more so that kind of that hassle with and, like, a bunch of people hitting you up for tickets. It's like, yeah. man, like, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. So definitely pros and cons. Gotcha. No, that, that makes sense. Well, all right. So you, you, you've talked about your, your faith so far, but, but I'm curious, kind of take us back into the, the faith journey. You know, when did God really reveal himself to you for the first time? And, and, and when did you ultimately start following Jesus and, and really make your, your faith active? Yeah. Great question. So I, I got saved when I was 11 years old, I believe. I remember vividly, I was in the seventh grade and I was like, wow, this is, I've been going to church my whole life. Pretty much because my mom was really devout Christian and she raised me and my brother in the church and we was there a lot. And then there would be times where I was just like, oh, man, like this is a hassle. We have to keep going to church. But I didn't really make that decision that I really wanted God for me until I was about 11 years old. And that's when I really start to really dive into the word of God, and like really understand it. But at the same time, like I would say that, like, I start to actually develop a relationship with God right when I was kind of like towards the end of high school, beginning of college, right when I was like, I can feel a relationship. Not so me just saying, oh, I'm a Christian, but actually having a relationship, I would say, yeah, during my years of college. And that's really when I got really closer because, man, there was just a bunch getting thrown at you in college. You're away from the first time from home. And it's just like, you're just around a lot of influences, new people. And I was like, I got to make sure the source is the main source. <laughs> Amen. No, that that's great. And, and so I, I noticed on your, uh, your Twitter profile, you know, people use different phrasing. Um, I put follower Jesus, you put servant of the Lord. And yes. so I'm curious kind of, you know, why that phrasing and what does it mean to you to be a servant of the Lord? Yeah, man. I think I live by that because I believe that we are all called to serve. And like, I think servership is one of the best things and one of the, honestly, the most important things of your walk with God. Look at Jesus. He was the ultimate servant. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Talk about God in the flesh. And he comes down here and he's not only looking for people to say like, oh, like everyone repent, turn to me. I'm the way. And yes, he said those things, but that wasn't his sole mission. It was to show us how to love each other, how to service each other. If you look at mm-hmm. man, Jesus, you know, washing his disciples feet to the mm-hmm. point where it was just like he did a lot of things of service, you know, and relationships. And that was the biggest thing. So I think the feeling of you get of serving other people, that's what we're meant here to do. You know, we can all claim to be this and that, but I think service ship is like putting this all into practice. Amen. Absolutely. Well, so, all right, a couple years in the NFL, in what ways has your faith grown and, and been challenged? Maybe even in some ways that we haven't necessarily talked about yet. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely think it's been grown in the fact that, you know, you get some stuff thrown to you. You kind of get more access to money, more access to different sort of places, to other people. And they're also playing your sport at the highest level. You know, there's a lot of attention that comes with that and a lot of things thrown at you. And I think when things become sort of like almost overwhelming to me, I really start leaning back more on God because you can get lost. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like initially me coming in and I was a young guy, I was just like, dang, like you can get lost with this. It's like, wow, like I have quite a bit. Like I have this now, I have access now. And it's like, you start feeling yourself a little bit and then, you start feeling yourself, you can sort of get out of touch. And like, for me, I just, I can't get out of touch, man. So I think that's been a big challenge is like, sometimes you can really get lost up in what your status is. And sometimes you think things are like owed to you. Like, for example, it's like, oh, I put the work in, I'm owed a spot, I'm owed playing time, I'm owed this because this is what I do. I'm reading the Bible, I'm praying, so I'm owed this result. And that's not necessarily the case, you know? So that's just thing for me as a Christian, that's something that I've been challenging myself on, is actually like saying to myself that like, all I deserve is nothing, man. Like we got grace from God. Like my identity isn't football, my identity is a man of Christ. And man, so I think for me, just that's been something I've been learning. Wow, that's a powerful principle that, that we all have to continue to learn. Uh, because I think too too often we feel like we're owed. We're owed. Yeah. People owe us something, or God owes us something. And and when we have that humble approach of, really, what I'm owed is death. Is I'm a sinner, and that's that's what I'm owed. So, yeah. um, and, and and beyond that, it's it's all blessings, and 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 it's all God's grace. And and so, it's hard to live that way day in day out. But but man, when 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 you describe it the way you did, that's that's encouraging and. And a, and a wonderful lesson for all of us to consider today. So I, I appreciate that. That's, that's cool, man. That's awesome. Well, um, I guess we'll, we'll end it right there. Other than I just wanted to ask kind of one final thing, just as far as the, the Chargers and thinking about next year. And as a fantasy football guy, Austin Eckler, huge year, helped me out a lot. So yeah. he's, uh, he's right there in that, that running back room with you. What have you learned from him? What's it like playing, playing with him? And then, of course, quarterback Justin Herbert, coming on strong. I was actually reading some comments. You were in on Justin Herbert even before the world knew how great he was. You were talking about how great he was in the off season before year, year one. So uh, <laughs> what, what, is it kind of, what, what do you make of those, those two teammates and, and what can you share with us today? Yeah, no, those guys, they're phenomenal, man. Like you said, like it's crazy. Like for me, man, like they're just phenomenal players. And that's the biggest thing. Like you're kind of in awe and like, there's just been a lot of times where it's just like, man, you really learn things from watching people, from watching people's routines, like where they take care of themselves. And like, it's been great. It's been great for me just learning from those type of guys, like 
all right, like, this is what I like about them. This is how I can model my game after. And just, like, the way, honestly, like, I really love the preparation process. That's mm-hmm. just been the biggest thing. There is no coincidence, you know, why those guys are as great as they are. You know, it's the details they do in the offseason, the details they do during the season. And, like, that stuff counts, man. So, like, their job, man, it makes things easier for me, you know, just learning and learning because I've just – I've been soaking up lots of knowledge, man, and, like, that's the best thing about this business. That, that's excellent. Yeah, preparation. That's a good uh, – again, another another good lesson for all yeah. of us. So that, that, that's excellent, man. Exactly. Well, look, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and it could, it could look in different ways. Like, one guy may prepare a certain way that another guy prepares a different way, but – at the end of the day, man, it's it's kind of like it's kind of the same thing, but it could look so many unique different ways. And uh, that's the dope thing I've been learning, too. That That's right. And yeah, the reality is we can't prepare for every crazy circumstance and circumstance yeah. and the uncertainty of life. But like you were talking about earlier, we control what we can control. We prepare the best that we are capable of preparing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then we we step forward in, in confidence and knowing that the Lord is with us and we can get through those difficult circumstances that do pop up. Yes. Uh, but knowing that we're, we're being good stewards of what he's given us and we're preparing the, the best that we can. So absolutely that's a good, good, good lesson as well, man. Well, Josh, gosh, this has been uh, an awesome conversation. So glad we connected and, and, and loved having you on the show and, and can't wait for, for the next time. So we'll, we'll be pulling for you. Yeah, no, definitely, man. This is, this has been a blessing. Man. I love, I love this. So yeah, if you want to have me on, I'll be there. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Absolutely. Well, enjoy the rest of the off season. Hopefully the, the Lakers can, can sneak in and, and win that, that play in game and, and make a little run. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, we're hoping we're, we're putting our hope alive still, man. <laughs> that's right. With LeBron, there's still, there's still some hope. There's always exactly. a little bit of hope. There always so is, man. He's all time. Great. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, Josh, appreciate it. He's Josh Kelly. LA Chargers running back joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast on the MetaShare guest line. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. That was excellent. Love it. Really, really strong. Excellent conversation. Really was. And ended up talking to him afterward and and just a really really good guy. So, if you listen till the end of most of the podcasts, that's the case. So, we we're we're so blessed and honored to have some really great guys on this show and and I hope that you leave being encouraged and inspired and challenged in in one way or another just hearing other people's stories and other as other people go through different things, we can learn from one another and that's what we try to do with this podcast. And so, the, the one big lesson, because this happened, this conversation popped up on Monday when I was out to lunch with, with a former NFL running back, this idea that we have to be able to recover, we have to be able to rest, we have to be able to slow down. And you know, we as fans think that NFL players, or whatever sport it may be, but NFL, for instance, you got you to gotta grind it out, you know, you, no offseason, as as Bill Belichick likes to to say, no days off, no days off. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, like it's ridiculous, and and I don't think that's even true for him because we've seen we've seen Belichick on the on the yacht or whatever. His remember that little uh, magazine that he was in with his like, wife or girlfriend or something, and 
he's uh I don't know he's he's living the the yacht life or or whatever it was. But regardless, the reality is we all have to slow down. We all have to take a break and. Sometimes it's physically that that needs to happen. Sometimes that's emotionally, mentally. You know, we just have to pull away from the things that we're doing all the time. Sometimes it even means, it even means we have to take a season to break from serving. I know, I know. Now, we still serve our families. uh, But I think a lot of times that people that get involved with with church in a serving capacity can get burned out. If they don't take, take a Sunday off from serving. You can still go to the service, take a Sunday off from serving. Or sometimes take a take a Sunday off and not feel guilty about that. For running backs, especially, you know, they get hit a lot. Whether it's practice or in games, uh, they're they're taking a beating physically, and then the emotional toil that they go through, the pressure of being a draft pick and living up to the expectations, and all the you know the pressure of that you get paid and you want to keep a, keep your contract and keep a spot on the roster and you want to get another contract and. You know, all of those things weigh on you. And so in the offseason, these guys, they got to rest and, and recover. Uh, so that was cool to, to hear Josh's perspective on that. And then also in our own lives, you know, we have to look to Jesus as the example. And, and there's a, a simple verse, Luke 5, 16. But Jesus, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Another translation, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Uh, but he would, another translation, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. And, and so for us, you know, that's, that's, that's of course important too, to withdraw and spend time in prayer. And that's what was cool about Josh. He said, all right, start with God, right? That's, that's where your rejuvenation, your, uh, re-energizing desire begins, right? That God, God is the one that sustains, refuels, re-energizes, uh, and so we have to go to him in prayer and, and rest in him. And then also, this is probably a topic for another day, but we also have to embrace the Sabbath and taking one day off a week from work, from our kind of normal work, um, especially our jobs. we got to do that because in, in today's world, we're, we're seeing way too many people burned out, stressed out, overwhelmed, and I'm, I'm, I'm in line with that. Unfortunately, all too often, and but I, I but I've been challenged over the last year. It has been it's been a learning process. I'm, I'm making changes. I'm, I'm making progress. Then I take a step back. I'm making progress. Take a step back. But I'm pushing ahead to really understand what it means to rest in the Lord each day, and then to physically rest or mentally rest, emotionally rest from work, from other things, um, in 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 a way that that we're going to God, we're, we're creating space to hear God, to, to, to commune with God, to worship God. And then just the, the reality that taking breaks is key. <laughs> Day-to-day, weekly, quarterly, monthly, you know, it seems like people are back in on, you know, kind of vacation mode. I'm always amazed, though, people get spring break. It's like we've worked for two months after Christmas, and now we got to take another break. But Good for you. If you're able to do that, good for you. Maybe I'm jealous. Um, I'm not going to the beach in, in March, but I'll be watching March Madness, so there you go. But but no, taking vacation and not feeling guilty about that, those types of things uh, I think are important for us. Um, so there you go. There's some thoughts on that. We could talk about a number of things that, that Josh brought up during the interview, but we'll, uh, 
we'll go with that one today as the uh, the theme to unpack. We got we got to rest and restore and rejuvenate. All those re words, they're key. But it begins with God, going to God uh, in prayer, especially. If Jesus did it, he was fully God, fully man, and and he he needed to do it and, and set that example for us. And then, of course, God created the world six days, then made sure we knew that he rested on the seventh day. The Sabbath was made for us. It was, it was, it was for us. The Sabbath is for us. It's a gift. All right, there you go. There's your encouragement. Let's go Chargers. Let's go Josh Kelly. That was phenomenal. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening to the Unpacking It podcast. I hope that you will share, rate, review, help us grow this. Help us get this out to more people. Let's encourage more people. Let's do it. We got it. We need your help. We need your help with that. But uh, thanks for listening. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.